0: Welcome. This is a message from Victory Church. We trust you'll be inspired and encouraged by today's message. I want to share a message tonight that I've simply entitled Forget Not His Benefits. And it's going to be real easy to follow. And I want to just start by reading from Psalm 103. Psalm 103, verse 1 says, Praise the Lord, O my soul, all my inmost being, praise His holy name. Verse 2, praise the Lord my soul and forget not all His benefits. Right throughout Scripture, we are exalted by all the myriad of writers to lift up our voice and to praise the Lord. This is not an isolated event. This is a theme that is carried right throughout the Scriptures, Old Testament and New. In other words, praise is a priority. Praise is a priority. In these two short verses, in Psalm 103, praising God is mentioned three times. Two verses, three times it's mentioned. To praise the Lord, O oh my soul. Praise the Lord. The Old Testament writers use three basic words when it comes to praising God. The first one is halal, which means to praise the Lord. The second is yada, which means to give thanks to the Lord. And the third one is barak, which simply means to bless the Lord. And that amazes me to think that you and little old me can actually bless the Creator of the universe. The very one that spoke the world into existence. The very one that just opened His mouth and said, let it be, and it was this incredible being. We have the ability in little old us to bless Him. It's a phenomenal thought. It's a mind-blowing thought that you and I can actually bless God, the Creator of the universe. We can bring a smile to His face. But then again, if we can just dumb it down, it makes sense. Because who here? doesn't get blessed when you bring a little bit of praise their way. I know that every one of our youth leaders tonight, when they they were asked to stand up and we said, let's just honour and praise those men and women that have looked after our young ones over winter camp. And we clapped and cheered, applauded. Essentially, we were just praising them for their effort. And this I know, I haven't spoke to any of them yet, but this I know, they've been blessed. That would bless them. I can't imagine any of those that stood up in this room and and just thought, oh, that wasn't very good. No, there is something. When praise comes out, it's a blessing. It blesses us to be acknowledged. I know when I look at my wife and I come in from work and I, and I give her a hug and a kiss as I do every day and I say, I love you. I know it blesses her. Just, just the mere acknowledgement of her. Let alone the fact that I tell her I love her and the fact that I'm a good kisser. I can bless my wife through praising her. And so you and I can bless God. What an incredible thought that we can bless the Lord. There is another amazing thought that not only can we bless the Lord through us praising Him, but we can also teach the heavenly beings the angels of heaven, a thing or two about worship. This blows my mind. It says in Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 10 that it was God that chose the church to display His manifold, which means many faceted wisdom to heavenly beings and to the heavenly realm. It was God that chose the church to, manifest, to, to display the manifold wisdom. And so angels look down from heaven to see how you and I are going to handle circumstances and situations. You see, we've been in a situation that they've never been in. they don't know what it is to worship and bless the Lord from our perspective. See, from the very beginning of creation for all the angelic hosts, they were created in the presence of God. From the beginning of their existence, they have seen God face to face. They've seen Him in His beauty, His magnificence and His splendour. The angels are not novices when it comes to worship. The Bible says in Revelation that they worship Him day and night and they say, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. The angels aren't novices and yet we can teach them a thing or two when it comes to praise and coming to, uh, come to worship. Because they don't know what it is to worship God that they haven't seen. They don't know what it is to worship God having gone through some of the things that you and I go through on a daily basis. And we get this incredible privilege not only to bless God, but also to teach the angels what it is to praise Him, what it is to worship when things don't go our way. I mean, I know that when Satan or Lucifer, as he was known, one of the chief angels rebelled In his arrogance and pride, one of the chief angels said, I wanted to be like God and he was cast out of heaven. And one third of the angelic hosts went with him. And for the very first time, two thirds of the angels worshiped God by choice and that blessed the Lord. But they've never experienced what you and I experience to worship this God that we've never seen and go through moments of isolation and opposition. And I want you to think about the moments you go through where you are alone and it's difficult. And and in my picture form, I see all the angels leaning over the balustrade of heaven. What's He gonna do? Surely he's not going to keep blessing the Lord. Not, 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 that, not that guy. Not that woman, no way. They haven't seen God. They're going through the darkest moment. There's no way. And when we begin to lift up our voice and praise God in the midst of trial, we teach something the angels know nothing of. When we praise God, we bless Him. When we praise God, we teach angels a thing or two. And when we praise God, we make Lucifer, the fallen angel, Satan himself, angry. Because every time we praise Him, we remind Him of what He lost. We remind him of his fall. We remind him of what he's missing out on. And he can't stand you. And he can't stand me. And he can't stand the church. When we praise the Lord. In the book of Job, It says that Satan was going to and fro throughout the earth. And God said to Satan, have you considered my servant Job? And Satan looks at God and says, does he fear you for nothing? You've set a hedge of protection about him that I can't get to him. He said, you let me get to this man, Job, and he will surely curse you. See, what you need to know about the devil, he doesn't want your car. He doesn't want your money. He doesn't want your possessions. He wants your praise. He wants you to roll over and curse God. He wants you to deny the very existence of God. That's his primary occupation to get you and I to declare there is no God. And what I love about the story of this man, Job, God removed his protection. And he said to the devil, I will remove protection, but you're not to take his life. And one day Job was preparing a feast for his family. And one report after the next report, bad news after bad news after bad news. He lost cattle, he lost his homes, he lost his children. And all the angels are saying, what's he going to do? Oh, it's easy to bless God when you've got all this money and all these possessions and all these things and such a large, happy family. But when he was stripped of all of that, what's he going to do? And the angels are looking. There's this holy hush in heaven. As they look down and say, well, what's he going to do? In actual fact, the only person that remained in his family was his wife. And this is what she had to say. Why don't you curse God and die? Job at that moment might have said, God, why didn't you take her? (laughs) But he didn't. And as all of heaven got silent to see what Job would do. Job looks up to heaven in the midst of all of his loss. and says, I know this. Oh, there's lots I don't know. I don't understand. I don't get it. But this I know. My Redeemer lives. The angels of heaven say, are you kidding me? I'm Are you kidding me? Here's a man, he's never seen God face to face like the angels. The angels hadn't suffered the loss like Job had. And here's Job schooling the angels on how to worship God. I know my Redeemer lives. He was the original songwriter to My Redeemer Lives. When we praise a God we haven't seen in the midst of trial and tribulation, We bless the Lord. We teach the angels what it is to worship at another level. But it's not just the angels that are watching. It's people that are watching. And when we get this right, people are going to start saying, I I don't get you. I don't fully understand you, but there is something about you. I don't know what it is, but I like it. And truth be known, I I want it. Because you seem to have something that money can't buy. Praise is a priority. But in order for us to truly do this, in order for us to truly praise the Lord in the midst, not just of the good times, but in the troubled times, there's only one way we are truly going to be able to do this. And that is when we forget not all His benefits. See, we are on a slippery slope to nowhere when we forget to hold on to the good. The Old Testament says it this way, forget not His benefits. The New Testament writer writes it this way, hold on to the good. Because there's always something good to hold on to even in the midst of your darkness. And in order for us to praise God with any sense of reality, we're only going to be able to do it when we know how to hold on to the good and forget not all of His benefits. And the writer of Psalms gives us an incredible list. In verse 3 of Psalm 103, it says, Hold on to the benefits because it's He who forgives all your sins. It's He who heals all your diseases. It's He who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion. It's He who satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth will be renewed like the eagles. Oh, the Lord works righteousness and justice for all the oppressed. You see, when the Israelites came out of bondage from Egypt, oh, it was happy days. The waters of the Red Sea parted and they went through on dry ground. I mean, this is one of the greatest miracles. And they saw it with their own eyes. Not only did they cross through on the safety of dry ground, but when the enemy pursued them, the Lord allowed the waters to come crashing down and drowned all the enemy. These Israelites were free, and now they were safe. For some 400 years, they'd been under the tyranny of Pharaoh, working hard every day of their life. And now they find themselves in freedom and safety. You would think that they would be the happiest people on the earth. And they were for a short time. Did I mention for a short time? And as they begin to walk in the wilderness, They start to say, Gee, it's hot. Gee, I'm tired. Gee, you stink. Gee, my feet are sore. Gee, I'm thirsty. Oh, gee, I'm hungry. Can you see what's happening? Can you see the progression? And in the midst of thinking how hot it is, how sore their feet are, how thirsty they are, how hungry they are, how tired they are, in the midst of all that, they started whinging and complaining and quarreling and grumbling against who? God and God's leaders. They wanted to put Moses to death. The one who was instrumental in setting them free The one who was instrumental in bringing them to safety. What's the problem with this picture? They'd forgotten a thing or two. They stopped praising God because they'd forgotten His benefits. When they were walking in the desert... And they were going on about how hot it was. Like they, they were meant to stop themselves. Well, they were meant to be around people that could help them overcome their complaints. And so when someone says, oh, gee, it's hot. Someone says, oh, I know, but gee, it's better than me back in Egypt. Forget not his benefits. Oh, gee, I'm hungry. Man, I'd rather be here and be a little bit hungry than back there in bondage. These are the very things they failed to do. And as a result, they forgot the benefits of the Lord. And guess what? They all died in the wilderness. Many people die in the wilderness. They get their breakthrough, but they never get their victory because they die somewhere in the middle. There's something definite about Egypt. And there's something definite about Israel, the promised land. But there was something very uncertain about everything in the middle. And when you're going from one place to another, there's always a moment of transition. And what we do in transition is all important. And if we forget the benefits of God in the midst of transition, we'll always end up going back to what we used to do. And one by one, these complaining, moaning Israelites died in the wilderness. And it was a younger generation, a non-grumbling, non-complaining, ever grateful younger generation Men like Joshua and men like Caleb who led the charge into the promised land and they got their victory. They didn't just get their breakthrough, they got their victory. And so winter camp is over. You've had your breakthrough, that's awesome. But now you've got to go to school. Wilderness. Exams, homework. Forget not his benefits. You know what? When everything's not going your way, remember this. The one who forgives our sins. On my darkest day, this I know I'm saved. God gave me a fresh start through his son Jesus. I'm saved. I'm not going to forget that. That's what the writer of Psalms is saying. Remember the one who forgives all your sins. Remember the one who heals us, not just forgives us, but He heals us. He heals us physically, emotionally. Gotta remember that. And if you are waiting for your healing, remember the incredible things that God has done in the lives of others. Hold on to your miracle. If you're going through a dark moment right now, physically speaking, remember Hannah Rainbow who received her healing. Hold on to that. Don't forget that. Remember that. In verse four, he says, He redeems us. He's the one who rescued us from disaster. All of us were going on a path to disaster, but God. We may be tired, we may be thirsty, it may be hot, we may be smelly, oh, but He rescued us. He loves us. Wow. You can never say nobody loves me, everybody hates me because He loves us. You might be isolated right now, you may be overlooked right now. Oh, but He loves me, how He loves me. If I was the only person on the earth, He would have come for me. And He loves me unconditionally. It's not based upon my performance. It's based upon His deep desire to be with me. Oh that's worth holding on to. He satisfies us. He gives us joy and peace that money can't buy. Homes can't give there's a peace and a joy that comes that comes from him. I remember T.D. Jakes telling a story about his mother who used to be in the cotton fields, picking cotton. And when asked about her life growing up, she was asked this question, didn't you get lonely on the cotton fields? And she said that those moments on the cotton fields taught us something very important. They taught her how to be alone without being lonely. She felt a presence. She felt a warmth. She felt a joy. She felt a peace that no other person can give. She learned what it was to not be a lonely even when you're alone. He renews us. Oh, Burnout is on the rise. People are giving up all the time. And yet there's one who wants to refresh us and renew us and give us strength to soar on wings of eagles. Let's not forget that. Oh, it may get tough. And I and I guarantee it will from time to time. But we have one who renews us. So you're tired? Go to the one who can renew you and refresh you. And in verse six, He frees us. He frees us from so many things. One of the greatest fears of man is the fear of death, fear of the future, fear of the unknown. And He's the one who wants to free us from all of that. This is not a message guarantee that you'll get to drive the car you always wanted to drive. I'm not prophesying, nor am I promising that tonight. I'm not going to tell you that uh, in embracing this message, you're going to have the best home on the street. This is not that message. This is a message that highlights that you're already blessed that right now you're blessed in your coming and in your going. You're blessed with and you're blessed without. You're blessed when you're up and doing well and you're blessed when you're down and things aren't going well. You are blessed, you are blessed, you are blessed. (laughs) Let's not forget that. On our darkest day, He loves us. On our tiredest day, He renews us. On our most confusing days, Oh, He gives us peace. On our saddest days, He gives us joy. I love the fact that Bob Battersby's here in church tonight. He's not on the back row, he's on the third row. And we buried his wife not that long ago. And we believed that God could heal. And right up until the day that she went to be with the Lord, we believed and we prayed. I don't fully understand why God took Denise when He took her, but this I know she's in a better place. This I know all the pain that she was suffering while she was here on earth, she's not suffering anymore. Where she is, there's no tears, there's no pain, there's no poverty, there's no sickness. She is blessed, she is blessed, she is blessed. And that blessing is not just reserved for her, but I've seen that blessing come into Bob's life. Is he grieving? I'm sure he is. But he's grieving from a platform, knowing this, I'm blessed. And the angels are going, wow. And some of us, If we weren't feeling so sorry for ourselves, we could look at Bob and have a wow moment. It'd do us good. It'd do some of you good to spend some time with Bob and buy him a coffee after the service. And just let a little bit of Bob rub off on you. Some of you just need some Uncle Bob to rub off on you. And so when it comes to this kind of praise that I'm talking about tonight, don't be half-hearted. The writer of this psalm says, praise the Lord with all your inmost being, which simply put means with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your body, with all your soul. Praise Him physically, emotionally, spiritually, and financially, because we're blessed. Why do I have to give 10%? That's one way of looking at it. Wow, I'm blessed that I can give something at all. I'm blessed, I'm blessed, I'm blessed. I'm blessed in my coming and I'm blessed in my going. With all your heart... Whether it's through singing, whether it's through music, whether it's through the laying on of hands or the lifting of hands, whether it's through obedience, whether it's through giving, whatever. Do it with all your heart. We serve a God who is worthy of all of our being. Don't just give him a tenth of yourself. Give him all you've got. I believe we could eradicate depression. We could eradicate burnout if we would just take what I'm saying tonight very seriously and just remember the incredible benefits that we have in following Christ. We can get tired setting up the chairs, tired serving coffee, tired parking cars, or we can say, wow, what a privilege. Did I get to do this. Some of the wives here, you've got to stop complaining about ironing your husband's socks, jocks and shirts and say, thank God i got a husband to iron for. I'm blessed. I am blessed. I am blessed. Do we iron jocks? I don't know. I iron mine every time I sit down. Just press them nicely. Just... My wife is blessed. So I, I do my own pressing of my own underwear. Just like, come on, band. We need to come up here. We're going to just worship in just a moment. I want to close with this story. And it's a story where Jesus is confronted by 10 guys. And these 10 guys had a disease called leprosy. And they came to Jesus one day. And they asked for Jesus to have mercy on them. And to heal them. What a great ask. And Jesus said this, you got to get this. He said this, go on your way and present yourselves to the high priest. And so with that, they turned on the command of Jesus. And as they begin to walk toward the high priest, I don't know when, I don't know how. But step after step after step, One by one, they notice, hey, I'm healed. Sometimes God heals instantaneously and immediately. Other times it's as we are walking. I don't know if it was one guy that got healed first and the other's faith was encouraged by seeing one guy get healed. I don't know. I don't know if God had a little bit of fun with it that day and healed one guy's hand. Oh, my hand's healed. Are there all oh, my shoulders healed? I, I don't know. I don't know if it all just gradually went away all at the same time. If I had the ability to do what God did, I'd have a bit of fun with it. i just like, I just would. It's just this is me. But one by one, little by little, they notice that we're healed. All 10 were healed. You've got to understand that's a miracle. This just wasn't a comfort. This wasn't just an easing of pain. Being a leper had a certain stigma attached to it. You were an outcast if you were a leper. Not only did being healed of leprosy cause a, a healing in your body, but it gave you a social standing again. You would think that of the 10, all 10 would be ecstatic. And as they're walking toward the high priest, one guy, just one recognises, wow, I'm healed. And you've got to get this. Instinctively, he finds himself turning around. He's just he's just drawn back to Jesus. I I, I, know, I know he's told me to go to the high priest, but, but I just can't go there without thanking him first. I can't go without just saying, praise the Lord, and as he makes his way to Jesus. Jesus says this to him. Were not all 10 healed? He's like, yes. He says, well, where are they then? I'll tell you where they were. They were doing exactly what Jesus said. They were presenting themselves to the high priest because that's what Jesus said to do. Which can seem just a little bit unfair that they're now getting rebuked for doing something that Jesus told them to do. But I think the point Jesus is trying to make at this moment is that there are some things I should not have to tell you to do. I think at that moment, Jesus is saying to this man, why did the other nine not think to turn around and come back and say, thank you? Here's the other thing Jesus didn't tell them to do, breathe. Jesus didn't say, present yourselves to the high priest and remember to breathe in and remember to breathe out. Keep your clothes on. There's lots of things he didn't mention. There are some things that are instinctive. And we need to get beyond this low level base Christianity where we have to be reminded all the time to say thank you. As a mum and dad, we teach our kids to say thank you, but I don't want to be teaching them to say thank you all my life. I want it to become so instinctive that I no longer have to say it. And I wanna see a church rise up every day instinctively just saying, bless the Lord, oh my soul, and all that is within me. Bless your holy Name. I'm blessed in my going. I'm blessed in my coming. I am blessed. I am blessed. I am blessed. This is the end of the message. Thank you for taking the time to listen and God bless.